Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I'm Laura Evans, and you are listening to Hope for the Hurting. Our mission is simple. We want to provide hope and help to those who are hurting, lost, lonely, and confused in these days and ages where everything's kind of seems like it's falling apart around us. But we want you to know that we're in this with you. And my background is in broadcasting and radio, and I'm joined by my dad, Dr. Irv Wolf, who, in addition to being a pastor for over 30 years, has a background in marriage and family therapy. Dr. Irv has authored two books, and he's the director of Hopewell Counseling in Minnesota, where he and my mom counsel individuals and couples. And we're taking on a meaty series. It's called Know Your Enemy. And today is the second in our podcast on false teachings. Last week was a powerhouse. We covered CRT, which if you don't know what CRT is, go back and listen to that podcast and then share, 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 because everyone needs to understand what this divisive indoctrination is because they're, they're pushing it in our schools. They're pushing it um, throughout academia and we need to know so we can stand against it. But today we're looking at other deceptive teachings. And in particular, we're, we're going to be talking about transgenderism, which is another pervasive, insidious, evil, um, false teaching. And so we're going to dig into that, where it came from and uh, hopefully enlighten you. And Again, please share this with people who really need to know uh, the truth, the truth of God's word. But I'm going to start us off with prayer, Dad, and then I'm going to let you um, dig into this great research that you've done on transgenderism. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come into your presence, and there's just so much going on in this world. We can feel um, the hand of evil, um, but more than that, we know that you're in control, and none of this is a surprise to you. The things that are being taught, the false teachings, the false teachers, um, the deception that is just pervasive in our world right now, none of this is a surprise to you. And as we seek to spread truth and light, biblical truth to our audience, I just pray that your words, the power of your Holy Spirit would just be on this podcast, that you would use my dad, that you would use me to um, help people be equipped to speak against, to stand against these evil indoctrinations. And we just want to honor you with this podcast. We give it to you and we ask for your Holy Spirit to cover us um, in this time. And I pray these things in Jesus name. Amen. Let's go for it. seems like we have a lot of ground to cover on this whole transgenderism issue, which is, I mean, it's even impacting the, the Olympics, like you were saying. Yep. Yep. Yeah. There is a, a quote woman named Laurel Hubbard. She's from New Zealand. She's the first transgender athlete to compete in the Olympics. Uh, she's a weightlifter and she didn't medal in Tokyo, but her inclusion uh, raised a big firestorm uh, over her uh, inclusion in it. Uh, that sure. uh, Now the IOC, the International uh, Olympic Committee is permitting transgender athletes to compete uh, in their respective sports against um, men against women, and vice versa. Uh, even though this woman didn't meddle, uh, prior to 2013, Laurel Hubbard was known as Gavin Hubbard, mm. and he was competing in weightlifting. Well, he wasn't a top-tier weightlifter with men, so he transgendered and did weightlifting against women. Well, come to find out he's not top-tier uh, Olympic caliber in women's weightlifting okay. either. Okay, that's pretty sad. That's pretty sad when you have to cheat to win by pretending you're a woman and then you still get beat. Yeah. Just stop. <laughs> just 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 hang it up. Just hang up your weights. You're done. Get, getting beat by other women. Well, that's a uh, many, 
Many women athletes are furious uh, about this, even yeah. a lot of the ones at the Olympics, but they're silenced by the inclusion policies of the IOC. So in addition to Hubbard, there's a couple of other trans women who are competing. One is Chelsea Wolf, no relation, and she's from the USA and she competes in BMX bike racing. And then there's Tiffany Abreu for the Brazilian pro volleyball team. Well, Abreu is six foot three and is an outside hitter in volleyball. And prior to her transition, she played men's pro mm. volleyball. And uh, she, uh, in, in transitioning into being a female, she set the single game women's scoring record in 2017. So the question is, is men who have transitioned to becoming Icon pseudo women because they're really not women. Um, but is it is it fair to have them playing against women, taking the rightful place of women no. on teams in women's sports? Nope, nope. They're just most of to... us would say would right. say no. It's not absolutely not. It's not only is it not fair. It's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to women who have been working for these to get to the Olympics their whole life. Yeah. It's completely uh, well, my, disrespectful. One of my questions is where's the feminist movement now? Right. Why isn't the feminist movement going bonkers over transgender men coming in and playing against women in women's sports? Mm -hmm. Why is the feminist movement putting up with men who claim to be women using women's locker rooms, women's restrooms? Right. Um, you know, why, why are they not, you know, raising uh, a real stink about this? Because it doesn't serve their purpose. It doesn't. Maybe not. Right. Maybe not. Well, let's, let's do a little explanation. What is transgenderism? Is it a sickness? Is it a choice? How does it affect you and me? Is it good or bad for society? Well, we're going to answer those questions mm -hmm. and other ones as we explore this topic. Let me begin by giving definitions to four gender terms. Okay. The first is transgender. Mm -hmm. And that's according to the dictionary, Webster's dictionary, it's denoting or relating to a person whose sense of personal identity and gender does not correspond with their birth sex. Mm -hmm. So they basically feel differently than their body looks. Mm -hmm. Transvestite. What is a transvestite? Well, it's a person who identifies as a male or a female, but privately dresses in the clothing and makeup of the opposite sex. So it's men wearing women's clothing mm -hmm. and maybe even women's makeup right. and women wearing men's clothing mm -hmm. and dressing like a man and uh, having a, a short haircut. Right. Um, Nothing against well, short haircuts. I mean, you can totally rock it as a woman and be totally feminine too. Not trying to get any hate mail here. Uh, and then what is a drag queen? Well, a drag queen is a man who dresses up in women's clothing, typical, typically for the purposes of public entertainment. Mm -hmm. uh, they may or may not be homosexual, but they do this for a living. They dress up as women uh, with a rather garish makeup. Wouldn't you, then, wouldn't you guess that most of them are gay, though? A, a, a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, I would say a lot of them. But some do it professionally because they make money. Mm. And then the there's cis, bottom dollar. And, okay. 
then there's cisgender. Cisgender, you see that you see that term once in a while. It's denoting or relating to a person whose sense of personal identity and gender corresponds with their birth sex. I call that's that cisgender. Healthy. I call that healthy. <laughs> well, you got to make up these terms, Laura. Mm-hmm. Well, the DSM-4, which stands for the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, uh, that has it's it's usually that one is considered the standard for determining mental disorders, mm-hmm. and it classifies transgenderism as gender identity disorder. Mm-hmm. Well, now more more current editions of the DSM call it gender dysphoria because they didn't like the stigma attached to disorder. Mm-hmm. Well, dysphoria means dissatisfaction. Well, the DSM-4 uh, requires two diagnoses to be present to classify somebody as a gender identity disorder. Persistent cross-gender identification marked by distress and impairment in social functioning mm-hmm. and persistent discomfort with one's assigned sex. Mm-hmm. Well, boys with gender identity disorder outnumber girls five to one. Mm-hmm. And men outnumber women, uh, usually three to one. By late adolescence or adulthood, 70% of boys with gender identity disorder grow out of it. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, they become heterosexual or homosexual uh, as adults. Which is why it's absolutely unacceptable for counselors to push transgenderism on prepubescent boys. Yeah, and they do. And, they and absolutely gonna... do. And you can be jailed or be criminalized if you try to t- try to just have a rational discussion with them. Like, you're probably going to grow out of this. It's normal for you to feel this way, but you were born a boy. God designed you to be a boy. If you tried to have that kind of a discussion with a boy that was having transgenderism issues, they could literally sue you and lock you up. Wow. You're not allowed to talk them out of it. Wow. Wow. Even though it's kind of a natural stage of life for some boys that they just go through it. Yep. And they like softer things. Uh, They like things that are much more feminine oriented. Right. And there's some boys that just are not athletically wired. I've got one in my house who's all 100% athlete and another one who would prefer to entertain, but they're both 100% boy. Yep. Yep. And, And that is a good distinction because not all boys are created the same. They're not all macho warriors mm-hmm. who like to go out and hunt bear and bring back uh, mm-hmm. meat for, you know, for the cave. That, that's just not them. Well, uh, let me talk a little bit about uh, how, uh, how do people become transgender? Good question. Well, people, typically males who are transgender, they're mentally ill people. That's why they're listed in the DSM as having a gender identity disorder. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's mental illness. It's not a genetic disorder. It's rather a mental disorder. They cannot bear to live in the body with which they were born. And they have to change that body to conform to the identity they perceive they really are. Mm -hmm. The, The big question is, can they actually do that? Can men become women? Can women become men? Well, since men make up the majority of transgendered people, men can never, let me say that again, men can never become women. Mm -mm. All of their cells are programmed male. Mm -hmm. Their brains 
our male brains, mm -hmm. a male brain, their organs are all designed to be male organs. Their muscle mass is designed to be a male muscle mass. Mm -hmm. They're usually more, uh, have larger muscles. They're taller, they're bigger, they they're stronger. They have an Adam's apple, they grow a beard, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So there's all kinds of things and there's no way that simply mutilating their body or even taking drugs will ever turn them into a woman. That's right. just not going to happen. Right. However, uh, in about 0.01% of the population, they truly are gender identity disordered. And they're sick people. They need our compassion mm -hmm. and they need our help. Mm -hmm. uh, for those of that, they usually begin feeling displaced in their bodies when they're in their early childhood years. Mm -hmm. And because of that distress, a lot of well-meaning parents and doctors begin the process of prescribing puberty blockers to these, they call them trans kids. Mm. The most common drug for blocking puberty is called Lupron. And Lupron is a drug that <laughs> has been used for decades for chemical castration of sex offenders. Yikes. Now it's being used to block puberty in children. Two young kids. It's puberty blockers, puberty blockers prevent normal development of secondary sex characteristics, things like we just talked about, uh, a beard, um, a deeper voice, an Adam's apple, etc. Well, what happens after Lupron? Uh, the next step is to administer cross-sex hormones so that uh, the child begins to uh, take on the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. So whether it's estrogen or whether it's testosterone or whatever it is, they're, they're rendering, they're giving them sex hormones. And those sex hormones can render a girl infertile. Mm -hmm. So the parents may think they're doing a, a real service for their child because their child is in such distress. What they're doing is ruining any possibility of having children down the line. Right, right. The, the, the final step is surgical and that involves the removal of the sex organs and involves uh, for both males and females. That is just, I'm sorry, straight up demonic. That's what Satan wants to do. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, including our bodies, including the, chil the children's bodies. Yep, that's what's going on. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Well, why is transgenderism wrong and harmful to our society? A couple of things. I already mentioned the unfairness permitting transgender men to compete against women in women's sports. But beyond that, now transgender people think that they be called by their chosen pronoun, such that trans men demand to be addressed as she or her or miss, mm -hmm. and transgendered women as he or him or sir. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the Equality Act. Mm -hmm. And the Equality Act is being considered by Congress. And that would make it illegal ever to distinguish between bio men and women. It would make it illegal to exclude a bio male from a girl's sports team, women's protective space, such as a restroom mm. or a locker room, or even prison. It's so wrong. In it's California, so wrong. in California and Washington, they have, they have uh, now passed this, uh, the equivalent of the Equality Act in those two states. And they have ma <laughs> male prison inmates, in fact, many of them felons, 
petitioning to be housed in women's prisons. That's so wrong. It's so you know, evil. Th that, that's like letting the fox in the hen house. Yep, yep. Well, just as CRT is teaching kids that they're defined by their race, gender activists are teaching kids that they are many genders and only they know their true gender. Nope. It's turning sexuality on its head. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, it's just 100% demonic. Everything you're saying just screams Satan's agenda. It screams demonic. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, well, he's, he's bringing about great confusion in this day and age. That's what he does. If it doesn't yeah. make sense, it's because Satan is is at hand. Yep, and and it is very confusing, especially to young people, young children, mm -hmm. and teens. They're very mixed up on this. And why isn't it considered just another right? I have the right to become transgender. I have the right to become homosexual. I have the right to have an abortion. I mean, uh, all of that is confusing to them. Right. Right. Well, let me just go over real briefly what the Bible teaches on transgenderism and transvestitism. Mm -hmm. On transgender, here's a couple of passages. One is very common, a very knowledgeable one from Genesis 1. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created a male and female. He created them. That's Genesis 1, 27. And God's original creation and design is that there's only two genders, there's right. male and female. Yep. And there's something, you know, in Bible hermeneutics that we teach called the law of first mention. When something is first mentioned, that takes on significance as to what it should be, mm -hmm. what the original design was mm -hmm. from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So when you see it referenced elsewhere and you go back, this is what it was created to be. Mm -hmm. And so the original first mention is that God made male and female only, that's it. In Deuteronomy 23.1, the Bible declares that no one who has been emasculated by crushing or cutting may enter the assembly of the Lord. Hmm. Emasculated means basically a turning a male into a female. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean, the assembly of the Lord? Uh, that means you're not welcome to come in to worship, nor are you welcome to come in to the community yeah, you are outside of the community mm -hmm. and you, you are basically living life isolated from the rest of the community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's almost like a death sentence. Yeah, I understand that. But let's say that person does that procedure and then has a major um, change of heart, repentance. They want to come back to God and, and embrace the biological sex that God appointed to them. God forgives. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that that they would be forgiven. But again, we're talking the law here. Mm -hmm. And the law is very clear that if somebody does this, he can't come into the presence of the Lord to worship. Mm -hmm. And he can't be uh, in the assembly of the Lord's people. So uh, he's he's basically uh, ostracized. He's put out. Mm -hmm. Well, Jesus declares, haven't you read, he who created them from the beginning made them male and female. So Jesus just affirms Genesis 1. Uh, the apostle Paul writes, to the married, I give instructions, not I, but the Lord, the wife should not leave her husband. That's 1 Corinthians 7.10. Mm -hmm. Marriage since the beginning has always been between one man and mm -hmm. one woman. Mm -hmm. No mm -hmm. other genders, no other options. Preach. And again, the law of first mention, what is marriage? 
Well, what? if I look back at the law first mentioned, it's one man and one woman. Yep. Yep. Forever. Yep. Perhaps the most damning passage in the Bible on homosexuality and transsexuality is Romans 1, 26 and 27. Paul declares, God gave them over to degrading passions for their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, also men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire for one another, mm -hmm. men with men committing indecent acts, receiving in their own persons the due penalty mm -hmm. of their error. Mm -hmm. Well, boy, that's really hard. I mean, it's it's pretty a pretty hard line that God is taking on homosexuality. No, yeah. no. Clear. Finally, on transvestite, I can only find one passage that really deals specifically with it. Deuteronomy 22.5, a woman shall not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak or garment. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. Mm -hmm. Transgenderism has been adopted and included by homosexual activists and is the T in LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. All manner of sexual deviancy is now included under the big tent of LGBTQ. Yeah. I mean, it's just sobering and it's distressing and it's just such an abomination. I mean, this is not the way God designed us. In fact, you know, you talk about God created a man and woman in his own image. And that's yeah. the part that Satan hates. He yeah. hates that we're created in God's image. So what does he need to do? He needs to mutilate us. He needs to have us mutilate our own bodies. So we're actually, you know, when God designs you and he's created you in his image, that's how he want. That's how he intends you to live out your life. So if you mutilate your body, Satan's trying to get you to basically destroy yourself. Yeah. Well, and that's what he's come to do. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, he's working overtime through, through all of these false teachings, like we talked about with CRT yep. and with, with this transgenderism. I mean, these are all demonic, mm -hmm. false teachings being perpetrated on people like, uh, you know, just the, the average person who doesn't think a lot about them right. and, and knows that they want to be fair. So why shouldn't CRT be taught? Because after all, we need to be fair with all the races. And why shouldn't people be permitted to transgender if they want to be? And, you know... Uh, it's the, um, the, like the sign I saw in a, a front yard during the elections, uh, love wins and love can't be wrong. And, well, wait and a minute. Love trumps hate. Yeah. Well, uh, all I've got to say is it, it, it's not about loving. It's about loving the right thing mm -hmm. and loving the right way. If, if you are uh, an incest survivor, you know, the incest is wrong. It's, it's, yep. it's false love. So there's nothing that is good about that. That's interesting. And, and I'm trying to teach my children to think. And as parents, as grandparents, we need to teach our children and our grandchildren to think. When they come to us with questions about things that don't make sense, be honest with them to, to the extent that they can um, handle it and process it. But my son came to me, saw 
a t-shirt at, I think it was Target, which I typically try to avoid because of, because of their stance on allowing, um, you know, mentally ill men to use women's restrooms. I try not to shop there, but we were in there and Micah came up to me and said, that t-shirt says love is love. What does that mean? And I said, what they're trying to tell you is it's okay for you to love whatever you want to love. It's all acceptable. It's all fine. And that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that love has parameters and it has parameters for a reason to protect us and to keep us safe. They're trying to give a blanket statement that as long as you feel it within you and as long as it's true love, it's okay to express it. No, it's not. No, it's not. And so, you know, you have to have these discussions with your kids. So they start to process it. And he goes, yeah, I thought it was had something to do with pride, the pride, <laughs> the pride movement. And I was well, like, oh, yeah. he's, he's, he's got some insight. And uh, kudos for you for making him think it through. Yeah, um, I'm glad that he comes to me with that stuff. And we have to be approachable to our kids. Some of these topics are, they're hard for adults to understand. And if you don't understand, say, hey, I'll get back to you. That's a super important question. I want to address it. Go do a little research. Um, talk to your pastor about it. If you trust your pastor to tell you the truth, or there's plenty of resources you can find through Bible apps or even our podcast on different topics that we've covered and do your research and then come back and answer their questions. Because if they don't get their answers from you, they're going to get it somewhere. Oh, and yeah. I, and you'd rather have them hear the truth from you in honesty than to go to their, their friend at school who has swallowed this agenda, the LGBTQ agenda. So I just encourage you to have an open conversation with your kids when they come to you with these questions. Well, and it's really smart to try to get your kids to think. Mm -hmm. Don't just follow along like dumb sheep. Think about it. Right. And does it square with the Bible? Is this really what the Bible teaches? Or are we being fed something that is contrary to what the Bible teaches? Yeah, absolutely. Another thing you can do with your children is pray with them, pray for them, that God will give them discernment, that God will yeah. give them wisdom, that God will show them truth. And I um, have been, I've just been so um, overwhelmed with the evil in this world and how pervasive it is and how it's just, it's just at a level we've never seen before that I've just speaking the blood of Jesus over my children every day. And I even went so far um, over the weekend, just had some things going on in my life where I was just feeling shackled with fear. And I know that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to live empowered through the Holy Spirit and to, to know that the Holy Spirit that lives within us is far greater and far stronger than the Satan wants to masquerade as. You know, he, greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. And so you need to take back your ground. He's trying to beat you down. You need to hold your shoulders back, hold your head high and know that the spirit that lives within you is far greater than the spirit that is masquerading around this world, trying to put everybody in fear. And so I got some olive oil out of the cupboard and I poured it into a little dish and I prayed a blessing over it. And then I took my younger son and we went around to the four corners of our house and we prayed the blood of Jesus. We prayed God's protection over our house, over our property, over all that lives within our home and just prayed a blessing over it, prayed protection over it so that if there's a demonic presence in our neighborhood or on this street, that it passes by our house because the presence of Jesus is here. 
And you have to take control of your family. You have to take control of your home. You're not responsible for what happens with your neighbor's family. You are responsible for what happens with your family. And so it's just pray the blood of Jesus. And if you feel a demonic spirit of fear or that Satan's attacking your kids, get in the, get in the middle, get in, get in the way, stand in the gap for them, plead the blood of Jesus over them, rebuke Satan, bind him and cast him to the pit because he has no power over the children of God. Amen. Amen, sister. Preach it. So before you can go that route and, and claim your authority as a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you got to know him. You got to be in a relationship with him. And I'm guessing that a lot of our listeners have, have made that decision. But if you haven't yet, or you have a close friend or family member who you know hasn't yet, you need to walk them through, through the sinner's prayer and through the steps to salvation. And it's so easy. Even a child can do it. And these, this day and age, we need to get bold about our faith. We need to share it with people because we're surrounded by people that are hurting. They're hurting because they don't know Jesus and they're crippled by fear because it's being pushed at them 24 seven through our mainstream media. We have to be that voice. We have to be the salt and the light. And so it's, it's as easy as ABC a is admit that you're a sinner. We're all sinners. That's why Jesus came to die. If we weren't sinners, he wouldn't have had to die on the cross, but we are, and he did. And so B is believe that Jesus is Lord. He's our savior. He's our Messiah. He came and he died a brutal death because his shed blood was the only thing that can pay for our sins. It's the only thing. And then C is call upon his name and say, Jesus, I need you. I know I'm a sinner. I know that I'm going to hell without you. Please come into my heart, forgive my sins and be my savior and the Lord of my life. And dad, will you please walk us through that prayer? Yeah, I'd be honored to. Uh, we come before you, Father, in Jesus' name and ask that you would just help us to blow away the smoke and the fog of confusion mm -hmm. that uh, may be besetting our listeners, uh, many of whom are as confused about these topics and confused about what's going on in this day and age in America as, uh, you know, as, as they've ever been. So, Lord, would you blow away the confusion and let the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ shine brightly in, uh, in, in their world. Mm -hmm. uh, Father, I want to uh, just lift them up to you. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening and you're not sure that you're going to heaven, you're not sure that you're going to have uh, a personal face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus Christ, and if that strikes you with dread instead of delight, let me just uh, invite you to join me in this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you as a sinner. I know that I'm lost. I know that I'm hell bound. I deserve hell for my sins, but you've made a way through Jesus Christ. I believe in him. Mm -hmm. I believe he's the son of God. Like Laura said, I believe he's the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And I believe that he died in my place and shed his blood to pay the price for my sins. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now, see, I confess. Mm -hmm. I confess Jesus as my Lord, and mm -hmm. I commit myself to him, mm -hmm. and I consecrate myself to him, mm -hmm. and I ask Jesus, come into my heart, make me born again, cause me to have a new birth and a new life, and I will live for you every day of my life. And I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. We love you, Jesus. And I, I just am filled with such um, love for our listeners. We love you. And, and we started this podcast because we were, we were hurting 
for those who are hurting. And we wanted to provide a place where you can go to hear truth. We're not hearing truth anymore these days. They're lying to us. We're being lied to all the time. And when you come here, we're going to give you truth. And it's you're going to know it's truth because it's going to come straight from God's word. And you can find um, all of our podcasts. We keep a catalog of them at hopewellcouncil.com. You can also find current and past episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor.fm. And if you have ideas or thoughts or suggestions for future episodes, we're all ears. You can send those to hopewellcouncil at gmail.com. And if you happen to pray the um, that prayer of salvation, we'd also love to celebrate with you and get you started in your new walk. You can email us at hopewellcouncil at gmail.com and we'll send you some materials. And again, please share. Please share with others who need to know the truth, who are hurting and who, um, who could benefit from learning about these divisive tactics that Satan uses to divide the church and to pit us against each other. And I'm going to close out with Ephesians 4, 14 through 15. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and build itself up in love as each part does its work. Mm-hmm.